Hey, uh, if you have ever seen the skyline and at New York City, that Manhattan skyline, at some point when you're looking at all those impressive skyscrapers, you've got to ask the question, how is this even possible? You've got skyscrapers that are going 75 to 100 stories tall, and you're like, how does that even happen? And what you need to know is that these impressive buildings are able to stand only because of what is underneath them. In Manhattan, there is this bedrock that is called, it's a mica schist called the Manhattan Schist. And it is what allows this, these famous skyscrapers to actually stand. And so, you know, when you think of New York City and you think of all these massive buildings and you got that labyrinth of subway that is underneath those busy streets, you need to know that that is all possible because of the rock in which they stand. Now, when you look at kind of a cross-section in Manhattan, this, uh, the Manhattan schist is only, you can see where all those tall skyscrapers are, it only takes about 18 feet for you to hit that bedrock. But in like Greenwich Village, uh, you notice there are no skyscrapers, that's because that's like 260 feet to get to the bedrock, and so you don't build tall buildings. You see, uh, how they do this, when you consider the massive amount of weight for a skyscraper, 75 to 100 stories tall, what they do is they have these foundation anchors called piles. And what they are, are these concrete steel columns, and they drill them down, in some cases, 25 stories deep, and they anchor it into that bedrock, and they have a whole bunch of them, and that's what allows these buildings to stand. And I'll talk about precision. You've got to get it right. You can't afford to be a little bit off or to be sloppy. Those, those anchors have to be drilled into the bedrock precisely. If you are off, what happens is your building starts to develop cracks. It may start to lean. When these things start to happen, it may need to get torn down or it needs to be reset. You see, uh, if you want a structure that's going to last... You want it to have longevity and to be strong, you need to have a strong foundation. And what's true of buildings is especially true of lives. Our foundation determines our present experience and our future expectations. And you need to know this. Until you actually know what the purpose of life is, you are going to select the wrong foundation for life. You see, all of us, we're building. We're building a life. And there is a lot of confusion as to what the purpose of life is. What is the purpose? You might be just rather amazed when you do surveys to find all the varied answers of what the purpose of life is. There's so much confusion out there, and if you don't actually know what the purpose of life is, you're guaranteed to build upon the wrong foundation. And so what God has done is so that there would be no mistake as to what the purpose of life is, he actually has sent the eternal Son of God who enters into humanity. It's the incarnation, and he sends us Jesus, the Son of God. And he not only tells us what the purpose of life is, it's recorded in the Word. It had to be so staggering to alarm us and alert us, this is the purpose of life, that this is how God has chose to make it known. And at the end of Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, you are going to find what the purpose of life is. 
And what Jesus does at the end of this sermon is he tells his audience there is a dividing line. There is me or there are all the other foundations of life and there is only one that lasts. And so for us, so we would never miss the purpose of life, he, begin, he ends this message with a contracting seminar. Jesus, being a carpenter, talks about foundations, rock and sand, and destinies, those that stand and those that will fall. So let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus begins by giving us words of wisdom for experiencing the purpose of life. You find them in verses 24 and 25. These are words of an invitation to build a relationship of trust. And he is inviting people to believe in him and his word. And notice what he says, verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, as he is emphatic, He is actually saying that my words are equal to the will of God. In fact, you see that in verse 21 of chapter 7. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. So he's saying, listen, you've got to build your life upon me. That's what the wise man will do. Everybody's building a life. A person who is wise has skill for living. They actually take truth and assimilate it in their life. And he's saying, you want to build your life upon me. And he compares himself to the rock, the bedrock. It speaks of stability, of strength. And that's what a wise builder does. A wise builder isn't fooled by conditions like, well, this seems like a pretty hard service. We'll just start building here. No, the wise builder knows, yeah, we've got to get through this dirt. I know it may be baked with some clay, like clay, but we, uh, we've got to go to the bedrock. And that's what a wise builder does. You can always tell about your future when you look at your foundation. Because your foundation determines your future. When you go and look at a job site and some major construction project, you can always tell the kind of building they're planning on building by just how big and uh, deep that foundation goes. How far they go to drill those piers into that bedrock. When you see something rather extensive, you know that they're planning a building that's going to be around for a while and one that's going to last. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's saying, you want to be like a wise man. You want to hear and you want to act. You want to build your life upon me. Now, we cannot live the life until we first possess it. And so what Jesus is inviting us to do is to trust him, to take him at his word, and to build our life upon what he says. Jesus said, like in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 
You really want life? You want truth? He says, you want me. You want a life that lasts? You want to build it on the sure foundation of who I am? Because after all, the purpose of life is this, to grow mature in Christ. And how do you do that? If you want to know how you do it, look at verse 24. He tells us, there, he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine. It all begins with hearing, listening, understanding, comprehending. This Greek word had the idea of processing what is heard. It's not that you just heard syllables. You were there and there was something that kind of hit your ears. But that you're actually thinking about what is being said. You understand it. Understanding is critically important to growing and building. Howard Howard Hendricks emphasizes that growth begins when people's thinking actually begins to change. Listen to this quote. He says this, If you want to change a person permanently, make sure his thinking changes, and not merely his behavior. If you change only his behavior, he won't understand why he's made the change. It's only superficial and usually short-lived. You see, God isn't after behavior modification. He wants growth, stability, maturity in his son. And it all begins with actually understanding what he has written. But it's not just hearing. What does the text say? Those who hear these words of mine and what? Acts on them. Could be literally translated They do them. He does them. You see, what happens is our understanding shapes our beliefs. And we always act upon what we believe. So God, what he does through his word, as we are focused on Christ, we are trusting him, we are believing his word, we're understanding it, and we believe it. And what happens is we start living out these convictions. It shows up in our conduct. This is what Jesus is talking about. Build your life upon me. Hear my words, but you need to act upon them. You need to do them. And so you see that. That's what faith is. Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is taking God at his word. And so you hear, you understand, and you see that God starts shaping your convictions. Convictions are so important. Josh McDowell and Bob Hosletler write, A conviction goes beyond having a personal preference about something. It goes deeper than a subjective opinion. Having convictions is being so thoroughly convinced that something is absolutely true that you take a stand for it regardless of the consequences. And so what happens is, as you're believing in Jesus and your life is being built upon him, the foundation your convictions start developing. In some cases, they start changing. What you believe about Scripture, about God, sin, salvation, heaven, hell, life, death, ethics, morality, origins, creation, money, the purpose of life, all of this starts being shaped by what God has revealed in His Word. You trust, He brings a transformation, and your beliefs change. But When you look at acting upon the word, it's not only are your convictions changing, your character changes. You and I always live out what we believe. What you really believe is reflected by your behavior. 
And so you see that you start making different choices. Your decisions are all influenced by the word. And what our conduct really is, is the outworking of our convictions. And so you see that God, through this living foundation of building your life upon Christ, trusting him, it starts developing. You, you, first of all, you experience the joy of salvation, knowing that Christ has paid the penalty for your sins, that God never sees you in your sin, always in the sun. And it's from this relationship of faith and belief and living in his love that God, through the working of his spirit, which he has placed in your life, all of a sudden you see conduct, conduct that comes from the rock of Christ, like the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Where do these things come from? They come from Christ, as you understand, your convictions, and God brings about this growth of behavior. It shows up in you learning how to have self-control and to be gracious in how you interact with people, what you do with your finances, as you learn to forgive people. And it's this ongoing process. See what Jesus said? He said, you hear these words of mine and you act on them. You keep doing this. It's kind of like an athlete or a musician or anybody that's good at their career. It didn't happen overnight. They work at it. They apply it. They grow. They learn. They make mistakes. They learn from their mistakes. There are lessons learned, but there's this growing, developing process. And friends, that is the purpose of life, that we come to know Christ and we grow mature in him. And let me just tell you what this looks like. What Jesus is saying is you hear his words and you act on them. So put yourself in settings where you hear the word. Certainly on a, on a Sunday morning, hearing a sermon, hearing the word. How powerful is that? But you want to just have some daily times where you're in the Bible. And when you're looking at the Bible, do this. Look for promises to claim or attitudes and actions to develop or commands to obey in the strength of Christ. Or examples to follow. Or sins to forsake. Look for truth that transforms. And when you're in the Bible, always be looking for Jesus. Lord, how do you want me to act? Where do I see grace, strength, hope? How are you shaping my heart? Because God uses his word to develop our lives. And what happens is we find that as we're growing in the word, like the text says, hearing and acting... This starts showing up in our relationships, how we treat our spouse if we're married, our kids. It starts showing up in how we go about our jobs, how we see people in the community. We start actually caring about individuals. Our heart becomes like his heart because we're building upon the rock. We're building a life of stability, of fullness, a life of joy. And no farmer ever gets his field plowed by just turning it over in his mind. You might think about it if you're a farmer, but at some point you got to get on the tractor and put the seeds in the ground. You've got to act upon what you hear. And that's what this text is telling us. Because, friend, your foundation, if it's in Christ, it not only shapes you, but strengthens you. And your foundation, it is going to be tested. Look at this. Look at verse 25. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, 
And yet it did not fall, for it had, not, it had been founded on the rock. It's not if the storms come, it is when. And in Israel, though the ground is very hard and rocky, what happens? We get these flash floods like we have here in Texas, and the rain starts coming down, and the water has nowhere to go, and in all these dry little riverbeds, all of a sudden it's just full of water, and water is rushing everywhere. And when you have a storm, that water is going to hit your house. And if your house is built upon the rock, it stands. It's like life. If your life is built upon the rock of Christ, it stands because there is strength. You see God at work in your life. But I want you to know you are going to face storms. Some of you right now, you're in a torrential downpour. Some of you just came out of one. And some of you are probably about ready to get into one because that is the nature of life. Storms come, oftentimes unexpectedly. You don't just like plan, well, I think I'm going to schedule a storm here. It doesn't work that way. Somewhere just out of nowhere. I didn't see that there was rain or storms in the forecast, but it sure is coming down. You're going to have some storms in life. Life isn't always sunny, sunshine, easygoing. No, there are trials and there are temptations. And there is suffering. And there are hardships. There's no escaping the calamities. And really the final test, the final test is the judgment to come. That's what Jesus had just been talking about in verses 21 through 23. You see, if you have built your life upon Christ, you are believing in him. He is your rock and foundation for life. Did you know that that judgment has already been taken care of? God judged your sin when Christ paid for it on the cross. And to give you true spiritual life, to verify that he is the authority and he's God, he rose from the grave three days later. By virtue of the spiritual resur- the spiritual life that we have in Christ, because of his resurrection, we've got life and we stand. No judgment, no test will overwhelm us because we've literally, we're being held by Christ. And so, friends, these are words of wisdom for those who are looking for the true purpose of life. The true purpose of life is to grow mature in Christ. But remember, Jesus not only talks about the purpose of life, that is to build your life upon me, he gives a warning to those who are missing the purpose of life. Look at verse 26. He says, Everyone... Who hears these words of mind, mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You know, we're all building. Every single person. You here, people that are not here, everybody's building a life. We'd really like a, a life that lasts, right? We want to have importance. We'd like to be full. We'd like happiness. We'd like some joy. Everybody's building a life. And Jesus says the same. But he says... You can be foolish how you build. Look at verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Foolish, moros. It's where we get our word moron from. It's you don't take God into account. Your perspective doesn't include God. It's foolish. 
You see, there's foundations. There's a foundation of rock that gives you stability and security. But friends, you can build upon the sand. It speaks of shifting and that which is insecure and uncertain. And most people are building on the sand. I mean, you know, you bake some sand in the sun and, you know, it seems kind of hard. You're like, this is going to be good. Good to go. And that's what the foolish individual does. They settle for the superficial foundation of life. Maybe it's just a kind of a religious superficial foundation. Uh, whatever it is, it doesn't last. Let me just give you some of the faulty foundations that people are building upon. There is like the works-based religion. Take your pick. There's all sorts of world religions, and it's all a work-based mentality. In fact, there are versions of Christianity, and it's all about you keeping the rules and legalism, routines, rituals. These works-based religion, it's a faulty foundation. You could have a foundation of just living for the good times, idolatry, a foundation of immorality, Some people, they just go around life mad. It's a foundation of anger, greed, jealousy, fear. You know, some folks, fear is the governing factor of their life. You'd have a false foundation of violence or just pleasing people, selfishness and self-absorption, achievement, accumulation of assets, popularity, a nice resume, just having a good reputation. Where do you find your sense of purpose, peace, and identity? Whatever comes to your mind, that is your foundation. And if it's not Jesus Christ, it's sand. And you know, at first, that's, it's going to seem like it's just fine. It's, it's going to seem like there's not a problem here, but you need to understand that at some point, if your life isn't built on Christ, it's like one of those house of cards And it's all going to come down. In fact, look what Jesus says in verse 27. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And it fell and great was its fall. You see, they heard the word. Maybe they heard it from their parents or grandparents. Maybe they've been in church. Maybe they've been in church for a lot. And they've they've heard the Bible. They're familiar with it. Quote a few things here. But they never acted upon it. They heard, verse 26, but they did not act. That's the foolishness. They didn't really take God all that seriously. And the storms came and the devastation was great. Whether it be through thoughtlessness or stubbornness or callousness, they chose not to build upon the rock. It seemed expedient just to put up the house. When Luke records Jesus giving this sermon... In Luke 6, 48, he talks about that this man, the man whose life really lasted through the storms, he dug deep. I want you to know it costs you something to dig deep. You're going to build your house in such a way that is on the bedrock of Christ. That is going to take some investment on your part. Salvation, completely free, all of grace. But God wants you to grow in grace. He wants you to apply his word. That means you've got to hear it, know it, and ask the Lord to apply it to your life. You see, it's what you do with Jesus and his word that makes all the difference in this life and eternity. James spoke of this same concept of 
purpose of life. How he phrased it was this way. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he said, But prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And James says it's kind of like a, a guy who looks in a mirror. And you're like, whoa, you're a total mess. You got stuff on your face here. Whoa, what happened? You're weird. And you see all that, I'm like, whatever. And you just go on your way. The other hand, there's another guy, and he looks in the mirror, and he sees the same problem. Hair's a mess. Some stuff is kind of hanging on the side of his face. Whoa, something happened here. What's going on here? And he does something with it. He takes the information, and he works with it. What is the mirror? The mirror is the Word of God. You see, God's Word, Scripture, it shows us reality. What's really going on? It points out unholiness, sin, wrong attitudes, coldness of heart. On the other hand, it affirms like, whoa, things are going right here. It affirms holiness, growing in grace, how God is at work in your life. It fuels this relationship with the Lord. But the question is, will you build your life on Christ and his word or will you not? Why would someone build their life on the sand? I mean, this is a very familiar parable. Many people could tell you about it. Why are they building their life on the sand? Well, for some folks, frankly, they just have other priorities. I mean, their own happiness or career or family or leisure or entertainment or their hobbies. They're, they're just busy, man. You know, I just want to have fun in life and, you know, and I'll figure this out on my own. And so they do. At least they think they are. For some folks, they'll build on the sand because, frankly, they're unwilling to apply themselves. I mean, I'm not into work, reading the Bible. Why would I want to be involved in a church or a small group where I'm like learning about the Word and how it applies to my life? No, thank you. I'm, I'm into just quick and easy, and uh, I'm not interested in work. I think a lot of people, they build their life upon the sand because they are short-sighted. You see, you either go through life with the short-term perspective or the long-term In our culture, we want instantaneous gratification. If we can't get it immediately, now, without any effort, we just want to push a button and done? No, no, no. Not not doing it. Can't be right. And we turn away. You see, what God calls us to is his perspective on life, to experience his purpose, to take the long-term perspective, to understand There are going to be some storms in life, and some of them might be kind of harsh, and there is a judgment to come. We will all stand before our Creator. You want to take the long-term perspective and trust in Christ and the rock. And I will tell you this, the storms in life, they reveal the foundation of what we're building upon. That's what storms do. They reveal our foundation. 
You know, when you've got winds blowing and rain coming down and houses collapsing, you've got a hurricane on your hands. The hurricanes in life actually reveal, is your life built on Christ and his word? Or is your life on some shifting sand and literally it just all falls apart? Remember this, your faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. Your faith is only as good as the object in which it is placed. Is it Christ or is it something else? But the purpose of life is to grow mature in Christ. Hearing and acting. How, acting on his word, how do you have a life that is guaranteed to be destroyed? In case you came to church this morning and you'd like to know, how could I really just mess it all up? I want to make sure you have an answer to that question. Let me, this is how you do it. First of all, do not believe him in Jesus or his word. You want to treat the Bible as nice, but not necessary. Never look to him for life. Don't depend upon him for strength. Don't thank him. Don't uh, treasure his grace. Don't do any of that stuff. Let me tell you something else. You want, a, you want a life that's going to be destroyed? Do not apply his word to you, to your life. That whole message about faith in Christ alone, and you know what you ought to do is, like we say in Texas, just chunk it. <laughs> you don't want that. Any opportunity you've got to learn about him and his word, get really good at making excuses. You want to learn how to rationalize why you don't have time for that or that's not a great idea for what you want in life. Because after all, if you want to destroy your life, don't be concerned about applying his word to it. Um, let me tell you something else. Don't be consistent. If you want to have a, a life that just kind of crumbles, you don't want to address weaknesses. It's kind of like this. Your motto is avoid home repairs. You see something broken and not working right, like, well, whatever, I'll just learn to live with that, and you just keep moving. Let me tell you something else. You want to see your life surely destroyed? Just do not be concerned with spiritual growth. What you want to be concerned with is the self-fulfilled life. Don't be so worried about spiritual growth. And finally, just don't worry. It is guaranteed to happen. You've got Jesus' word on it. You know, there's people that are building their life on the sand. Did you know that it becomes evident? When you have a house that's built on the sand, you start seeing cracks start coming into the walls and onto the floors. People that are building their life on the sand, not on the foundation of Christ, guess what? They start seeing despair and a lack of direction and emptiness and selfishness and a lack of fulfillment and relationships that break down and their inability to forgive. And I want you to know that the storms reveal your foundation. I mean, sometimes it is absolutely shocking when people that have given a lot of lip service to God and you're like, well, you know, they're upstanding people in the church. Uh, they seem to know a lot about God and the Bible, but a storm hits. And they act in ways that are just unimaginable. And you ask the question, where is Jesus and he doesn't seem to be under their life or in it. There's a lot of difference between saying amen on Sunday and amen on Monday when your world is crashing down. And I want you to know, you're going to go through some storms and some hurricanes and some torrential rain. Some of you are in the midst of it right now. I want you to know this. 
that the Savior has come with the storms in mind. He has come with the storms in mind. You can trust Him. You can build your life upon Him who is the rock, and you do it by hearing His word and acting upon what you hear. You see, it's not hearing that matters. The difference between the two builders, it's what you do with what you hear. And you will find this, that building your life upon the foundation of Christ is done best when it's not storming outside. I mean, yeah, you can build when the rain is coming down and the wind's blowing everywhere, but it is just downright difficult. It's best done when you got some time to think and some space and some margin to really process. When the tornado sirens are going off, friends, it's, it's a difficult time. That's when people really start thinking about their foundations because why? Because you know that the storm is about to reveal who or what you built your life upon. upon. Now, perhaps you've come here today and you feel pretty stuck in life. And you're like, well, you know, I believe in Jesus and I believe his word is true, but I've, man, I've been pretty complacent and cool toward God for some time and I'm not actually even sure how I'm building or what I'm building on. I want to tell you how you can start again. Several years ago, I had this experience where I was coming off that frontage road off of 84 to get onto Highway 6 over by that Valero gas station. And there was obviously something wrong because cars were honking, everything was backed up, and you kind of wait for all the lights. And eventually I saw what happened. There's this one car, and it's stranded right there in the center. And so I got close enough. I waited for a red light, and I got out of my car, and I thought I'd try to be helpful. Now, I'm not a mechanic, and I'm not a medic, so I'm generally pretty useless in situations like this. But I, I went, and I approached this car, and there is this lady, and she looks absolutely flustered. She rolls down the window. She's like, my car won't start. And I'm like, okay. Well, I, I was obvious, but okay. So this had happened to me once before. So I said, hey, hey, is it in park when you try to turn the engine over? And she goes, and she turns the engine over, and it starts. And she's like, thank you. And she just drives right off. And I, I felt so good. It's like, I have done something good today. I need to just go home, man. This has been one of the best days yet. I actually was useful. And I want you to know, if you feel like you're just stuck and you got a lot of people honking at you and you're not sure exactly what to do, don't make it harder than it really is. Go back to verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. Hearing and doing. A lot of folks are going through life and they're doing it the my way approach. You know what's wrong with the my way approach? That's right. It's not his way. The my way approach isn't his way. And the purpose of life is to grow mature in Christ. And what Jesus is doing, he's inviting you to think really closely about what you're building your life upon. What is the foundation? Are you having just a foundation of self-achievement in your own abilities, wealth, that portfolio you feel so good about that kind of gives you that sense of security? Is it about fame, your reputation? Are you just kind of parting your way through life like, man, it's just one party after another, just endure till I get to my next party? Friends, if your life isn't built on Christ, your life is built on sand, and it does collapse in this life and in the life to come. And that's what Jesus has us consider. Look how this sermon ends. 
verses 28 and 29, it's the opportunity before us. How will you respond? Well, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. They were just astonished when Jesus was teaching this way. But I want you to know that how you respond is the key. When Jesus was teaching, he he taught with an inherent divine authority. When the scribes taught, they were like walking footnotes. They were like, well, this rabbi says this, and this rabbi says this. Jesus doesn't do that. You know why? Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is inherent authority. And to prove that he is the absolute authority that you can base your life on, what you going to find in chapters 8 and 9 of Matthew, you find all these miracles to authenticate that indeed he is the living Lord. You see his words, his wisdom, his work, his way of life, his fulfillment of prophecy, and the gospel of Matthew ends with the resurrection of Christ to show the world that Jesus is the one foundation for life where the purpose of life is to grow mature in him. So what kind of house are you building? You know, some folks are pretty good at uh, making a living. They're not so good about building a life. Their marriage is a Cold War zone. They're just kind of like a shell of a person. God wants you to experience the fulfillment that is found in Christ to know the true purpose and meaning, to have your worldview shaped by him, to have him as your strength of problems and the choices and decisions that you make. They're guided by him. He fills and shapes your perspective. He develops your convictions. He changes your behavior. He works through the power of his spirit. He gives you a goal that I want to glorify God with my life. And the purpose of life is to grow in this relationship with Christ, to know his love, to know his strength, and to have his wisdom. You see, that's what the purpose of life is, to grow mature in Christ. There is 11 miles off the um, east coast of Scotland, There is the Bell Rock Lighthouse. It was built in 1811. It's 115 feet tall, and it's still active. It's a rather remarkable engineering feat because this super tall lighthouse is built on just one acre of an outcropping of solid rock. It's only, that base is only exposed four hours a day. Because all the rest, it just faces all the waves, all the storms. This is a really dangerous shoreline. That lighthouse has been a beacon, shining the light, standing strong. And I tell you, I've been thinking a lot about this lighthouse because this is what God wants for us. He wants our life built upon the rock of his son so that we will stand strong that we will weather the storms, that we will shine bright, that we will give the warning when needed and the welcome at all times because we have built our life upon the rock. And the purpose of life is to grow mature in Christ. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for an amazing passage of Scripture. If there is someone here today who's never trusted in Jesus, they've heard but they've never really believed and acted upon what they've heard. But now that you have their full attention, would they just pray with me and say, Lord, I turn from myself and my sin. I see how I've built upon the sand. No more. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting in Jesus for salvation from sin. I need you to strengthen and build and develop and change my life from the inside out. 
And Lord, for all of us, may we grow strong in the love of Christ. May we abide in his word. May we know your grace. May we stand strong and shine the light of Christ to a world in need. For Lord, help us to be absolutely convinced of this purpose of life, and that is to grow mature in Christ, the living Son of God. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.